everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are thrilled today. We are here to talking fall harvest. Uh, Hallmark almost forgot about fall harvest, it seems like, uh, <laughs> but we didn't forget about it here on the Hallmarkies podcast. And I'm Rachel and Cammie's here. Hey, everybody. Yes. And special guest, Elise Murray's here. Hi. Hey, everyone. Yes. So let's just, I guess, the elephant in the room, how are you guys feeling about only two, really, when we're going to talk about it, really only one, plus Good Witch, which we will talk about with, uh, with Georgia in our Good Witch recap, but just Hallmark kind of dropped the ball on Fall Harvest, feels like, this year, uh, with them canceling two of the movies, uh, and one of them not being that fall harvesty at all. Elise, are you kind of bummed out about that? I am so disappointed. I um, was so excited. Like fall harvest is like one of my favorite times of year. I think it's such like, a great way to kind of transition into the Christmas season, which like obviously Hallmark starts super, super early. Um, not that we don't love it. Obviously we love all the Christmas movies we can get, but um, early? I do what? love, <laughs> they started sorry. right on time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I completely agree with you. It's early. I was just teasing. <laughs> Um, so like, I love that kind of transition period from like the summer into the fall into the winter. And I feel like only two movies was like, come on, I want, I want more. I want more like, you know, apple cider donuts and pumpkin carving and hay rides. I was, I was, I was a little sad, especially since we had four and we lost two. That was, that was a bummer for me. So bummed. I agree with you completely. I mean, my hot apple cider and my yeah, sn snuggling on on hay rides, and uh, yeah, the whole thing with fall. I I need it, and you know, apple picking. Uh, <laughs> I also feel like it's such a perfect time of year for like the Hallmark movie brand like it's very cozy it's like yes. you think of like small towns and pumpkin picking and like that's like a total kind of like iconic sort of Hallmark deal so I was I was disappointed yes yeah and some of the best movies of the last few years have been fall harvest movies I mean I totally. love harvest moon I love uh the pumpkin pie wars pumpkin yeah, pie wars that that's my favorite oh. <laughs> love it it's so good yeah it's really I have good. it in my notes yeah oh wow <laughs> yeah no it's true that one's really good i loved falling uh falling for you last year that was oh i think that was so the first good. one that i watched that i recognized tyler hines and i just went wow yeah. Well, that wow. was his, yeah, that was his first <laughs> Hallmark movie, and and he was so good in that movie, and I loved that script, uh, Joao Boken's script. I thought was so good in that movie, and and there's just been some of my favorites. Uh, uh, the I liked Harvest Wedding a lot with Jill Wagner and Victor Webster. That one was good, and uh, there's just been a lot of really good fall fall movies. October Kiss. I was just gonna say yes. it. I was gonna yeah. say that one's a little older, but October Kiss. What so I love good. about that one is it has Halloween in it. Yeah. Yeah, because yes. they don't. A lot of times they just stick to fall, but mm -hmm. I loved that they did Halloween. Yeah. 
And we are going to try uh, to have uh, the Elisa Lucas for our On Friendship episode in October. We're going to try to do an episode of On Friendship on October Kiss. We're still working out some of the details with uh, different things going on, but so we're uh we we may hopefully we'll be covering that for uh for halloween uh but but yeah no it's it's such a good one and so it was a bummer and it's just kind of frustrating because i feel like hallmark has this this sort of channels they've developed as far as social media and other things like that so it would be nice if they at least explained it a little bit like just put out a tweet saying sorry things aren't working out whatever just something instead of just putting out movies and then just that's it they didn't even say oh we canceled it or we're rescheduling it or nothing there's just nothing and so that's frustrating to me as well yeah some hope for like the future like oh we're hoping to put it on hallmark movies now or maybe you'll see it next year or something like that would be nice it's 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 a little disappointing not to get that kind of especially because they put out all the plots and you know you get excited about them so it'd be nice to see them have like a second life somewhere later along the line yeah yeah I personally yeah. was really looking forward to Jesse Schramm and Niall Mater. Yes, so oh, that was my, I was so excited. Those are like two of my favorites. Yeah, and they're not the most likely pairing. Mm-hmm. And so I was really looking forward to seeing what, what they were going to do. So, yeah, and yeah. I, I love Niall Mater. My, my best friend, Sarah, mm-hmm. she, <laughs> she's probably listening right now going, yes! Because she absolutely adores Niall Mater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I did, and I was especially annoyed because I did an interview with Jesse Schramm that I haven't been that able to air. To, yeah, so I'm just holding on to it until they. Uh, the plan is to air it on November third. You can listen to it now if you're a patron of the channel. You can go on and listen to the of the podcast. You can go on and listen to the interview. But uh, for everybody else. Uh, we are going to probably air it on November 3rd when they're re-airing uh, Road to Christmas, but uh, still obviously not as good as w- what I was hoping. But uh, yeah, it, the only thing that we have heard has been from Rick Garman, the writer of uh, of a Country at Heart, uh, that he, he said he put out a tweet saying that uh, it, is, it has been moved to next year. So oh, who knows there's hope. what that means. There's hope right but. there. <laughs> yeah, I think Jesse Schramm, I think Jesse Schramm tweeted something like, thanks for all the love. You know, we're, don't worry. It's not gone forever. Like something mm. kind of like that, yeah. but nothing concrete. Yeah. And then I'm love wondering if something happened. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if just they came up short and it, and they just weren't ready or something like that. And they kind of had to scramble. Yeah, I mean, it seems unlikely that that would be the case for two movies. I can understand one movie, but two movies, it seems unlikely. But yeah, because Love Under the Olive Tree, I actually also interviewed the writer of Love Under the Olive Tree named Samantha Herman. And uh, so uh, we will post that when one of she has some Christmas movies coming out, uh, coming that we'll have to post it when uh, when those come out. But, uh, but anyway, it was just, uh, that's what it's just would be nice if they would just tell us what's happening. 
it would be nice uh but yeah she wrote samantha herman wrote uh the sense and sensibility in snowman so we'll ah. post <laughs> we'll we'll post that title. interview uh when we uh when when that airs but anyway so it's been a wild time but we are feeling our deprivation of fall harvest so <laughs> it's not it's it's frustrating i'll but. send you a package of hot apple cider <laughs> yeah. packets okay yeah i think that's what i need i think it's what okay I need. <laughs> they're in the mail yes <laughs> <laughs> so well let's talk about the two movies we did get and then we are going to talk a little bit about your book, uh, Elise. So that's so exciting, your latest book. Uh, and so, all right, we have Over the Moon in Love. And this uh, was uh, from written by Jessica Loudis, which is really interesting. Her first script that, as far as I know, her first script that she's done. And it's with her matchmaking business on the verge of closing, Brooklyn finds herself in the unique position to be featured in a magazine, but has to set up the writer with her childhood friend, Devin. And so that's the plot. And it's directed by Kristen Will Wolf, who we love on the podcast. And you have Jessica Loundis and Wes Brown. And so Elise, what did you think of this? What are overall thoughts on this movie? Well, we got to say it. We got to come out and say it right off the bat. It's not a fall movie. No. no. Um, it is all about like a summer romance dance. Yeah. Um, definitely does not fit the theme. Um, but I did really, uh, I liked it. I think there were some bright spots. Um, I, I laughed a lot. I thought it had some, some good comedic moments. Um, I think it was really cool to see, you know, like, Jessica Loundis do the screenwriting and the starring and, and she wrote the music, didn't she? Yes. They both did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like what a Renaissance woman, like very cool. Um, I think Hallmark is really great about hiring and like pushing female voices and like female artistic, you know, talents, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I wish it had had more fall. Like I literally drove I'm in Malta at the moment. So I drove halfway across the Island to go to the one Starbucks on the Island to get a pumpkin spice latte to watch this movie with. <laughs> and, um, gotta tell you, did not, it did not match. <laughs> um, but it was, it was still enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I liked certain elements of this movie. I liked sort of the Cyrano de Bergerac kind of parts uh, that was sort of inspired by that kind of feel uh, to it. Uh, there were some, there was some humor. Wes is always a dreamboat. He he knows yes. how to he knows how to carry a movie. Uh, so there were there were some there were some good parts, but I had some issues too with some of the story and some of the things that happened and. I I agree. This is not a fall movie at all. There's a summer soiree. The whole the, she's wearing like periwinkle blue, yeah, the entire time. There's not a a, a mug of cider to be found. I, this was not a fall movie at all. You're really is, hung up on that cider, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, there was not anything fall harvest about it, and and it's just frustrating when they had 
two other movies <laughs> they could have uh uh although that love under the olive tree doesn't didn't look that fall ish to me either but uh but still you had other movies like why ah it's kind of frustrating but there were some good things about it i didn't hate it but i had some issues wasn't my favorite but what did you think cammy of this one well this one's already been said but the fact that they were so obvious about pointing out that it was a summer soiree i went yeah wait a sec <laughs> um, i had no idea that wes brown had it in him to look that geeky <laughs> i didn't think it was i didn't think it was physically possible for him to look that geeky but but they pulled it off so well and that made the that made the change all the better mm-hmm. it, with the that made that made the the whole physical alter altercation go uh, uh not not oh. altercation but alternation <laughs> sorry alternation. Yeah. <laughs> that made the whole the whole physical alternation all the more drastic which i thought was fantastic and the fact that they even could have passed for high school seniors cuz that's hard to do when you're a 30 plus actor i found you really so you you like you bought it them as teenagers yeah not um the jessica with the bangs i thought that was a really good move and i loved her uh i loved the beginning scene i thought that it was just so natural and Mm. just she's going through the yearbook with her red marker and he's playing the guitar and she is naturally and automatically singing the song along with him so she knows it and him that well now of course i had i had issues with it my biggest thing with the plot line was stephanie didn't feel it played by miranda friggin Mm -hmm. stephanie didn't feel it devin didn't feel it okay cut your loot cut your losses and set her up with someone else (laughs) why are you trying to push it (laughs) so yeah yeah did you like did you like that with them as teenagers Elise um it was one of the times I laughed the hardest um unintentionally (laughs) um yeah I just as soon as I saw them I knew what they were going for I knew they were meant to be teenagers but it I don't know what it was. I think it was the baseball cap. <laughs> just, it made me giggle. I was like, oh, he's trying to be a teenager. Um, and I even said out loud to my husband, oh, they're trying to be teenagers. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I did, There's only I, so I much you can do when you're 30, right. year old, when yeah. you're 30 plus. Absolutely. And uh, I think for me, like, uh, it definitely, like, I think their dynamic worked. So, like, I think their acting read as, like, teenagers, but the visuals didn't quite match up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I had, I had a couple of costuming issues in this film, um, yeah. just kind of generally. So, the first scene, it worked for me, like, on a story level, but uh, visually, I was kind of like, ah. I thought it looked ridiculous. I'll be, I'll be blunt with you guys. I thought it was, I just don't know why you wouldn't ha- just hire proper teenagers to film that one scene. They've done it many times before that we've had yeah. the, uh, the teenagers and they have, I did wonder teenagers. about that. I thought it was cute that they were playing the teenagers, but I did wonder, huh, yeah. I wonder was, why they didn't hire what, teenagers to do it. Yeah. Like Wes Brown is 
like I think he's close to 40. It's it's ridiculous. Pretty darn. Yeah. Pretty darn close. <laughs> yeah. So it it was it was absurd. And I I don't know what it is that they think that that bangs are the answer to making someone look like they're teenagers. I I've never never seen a lot of teenagers with bangs, but it's the same way at uh Love at the Christmas Table that when they wanted to make a uh, make a Danica a teenager that was their answer is to give her terrible bangs because <laughs> teenagers are the only ones ridiculous enough to make bad hair decisions like that drastic i, I had bangs when i was a teenager it was a terrible decision too. do not recommend same so. i uh, yeah that's that is true that's a good point you explained it now i know why <laughs> But but it, it well, was, and in in the eighties, bangs were the thing. The yeah. you know the big, huge, curly, puffy bangs. So it, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so I had some. Like, it might seem like nitpicks, but I I just thought that that the Devin, I guess, was not the the smartest person when it comes to dating. Oh like, gosh, no. I mean. <laughs> Uh, who on earth would take a first date to get ribs it would be my nightmare if i showed up at a date and we were supposed to not only is she vegetarian which you should have consulted and and certainly the matchmaker should have told the matchmaker i would think if i was going to be a matchmaker and i i would think they would tell things like that say hey you know because because the matchmaker especially if it's like a really important setup for getting this article and all of that like they're going to want to tell them that kind of thing so they don't look foolish and Mm -hmm. uh that they're the client they're being matched up with someone that's a vegetarian uh and you do not want to eat ribs on a first date they're messy they're (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you get your hands all dirty you're i mean it, it it's a nightmare i would have heard a million years. well i just it, it's quite it's quite a gutsy move to order for your first date on your first date if i had gone to a first when date they're blo- like, when it's a blind date yes you know, yeah. if you just been like yes i've ordered for you i'd be like no get i would like a menu please you may not select my dinner yeah absolutely and then to make it his choices even more confusing so he knows that she's a vegetarian and his choice after messing up on the ribs date is to take her to a burger place place. (laughs) what i mean that is just yeah i get it that they probably have uh, veggie burgers at this place but it just felt so like this guy is just really clueless uh, I mean, if I had accidentally taken a vegetarian to a rib place, uh, then on the second date, I would try extra hard to take her someplace I knew that she'd like, like yeah. a salad bar or something. <laughs> Ridiculous. And so, so that annoyed me. And, <laughs> and, and I, so, think it, I think it very well could have been a writer's or an actor's choice to make it look like they're that awkward now granted it's not the best choice because there are other ways but it made it that much more awkward it made it that much more obvious that these two do not belong together and i also thought that it made it a little bit more apparent that he's just so used to the way things were with brooklyn 
Mm-hmm. And that he's That's used true. to that dynamic. And so he's just going along with his flow the way he remembered things and it's not working this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. That's an interesting point. But I, to the, it was just to the point where it made him look stupid. Like, what is, he's a grown man. Like, he should be able to, and also it made her not look very That good. doesn't mean anything, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I mean, it made her not look very good at her job if she's, uh, yeah. you know, trying this amazing matchmaker. So it was, that was weird. And then I, I felt like she was a, less a matchmaker and more a trick people into falling in love with each other. Like it just, it, yeah. it like bordering on unethical that you are uh, keeping this, uh, keeping so much from the people that, cause I mean, I'd assume she actually wants the people that she is matching up, not just to, to get together, but to actually have a authentic, you know, prosperous uh, union. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> or is it all just about numbers for her? I, I just, it was, it was weird to me, uh, that part of it. Because, because of like the film being such an extraordinary circumstance, like it's so kind of different from what her normal matchmaking process looks like. Mm-hmm. I wish I had known what the normal matchmaking process looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt a little bit more like, oh, she's not tricking people into falling in love. She's just kind of like guiding them along the way. Yeah, because, I mean, she basically is creating, instead of being honest with both uh, the both of the, these characters so that they know who they're, she's creating an illusion that they're somebody that they're not, which is... Right really weird thing to do for for your clients i don't know what do you think cammy of that part to be honest i hadn't really thought about it i was i guess i was thinking about all of the other aspects Mm um i i don't know i i do think that it was a nice touch that when they're looking at the yearbook and mm-hmm. he says, you put all these people together and they, and she said, and they're all still together. I thought that was a nice touch. It kind of mm-hmm. shows her success rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. the, I, I didn't like, I didn't like the fact that she was pushing them together. And mm-hmm. the other thing that didn't make sense to me was that such a wealthy and successful woman would go for a struggling musician i mean he's gorgeous okay anything else right yeah (laughs) so that that part that that part didn't really make sense to me but i will however say i loved i loved the whole choreography and the scripting with the tree with with the walk that Mm -hmm. stephanie and devon took with brooklyn behind the tree I loved that whole conversation. I thought it was incredibly raw. And mm-hmm. I really liked uh, both Jessica's and Wes's emotions in that in that scene. And the fact that I thought it was a very bold move to say, I've been in love with Brooklyn. I was like, wow, that's yeah. That that's that's a lot for a <laughs> for a guy to say that to a woman he's you know trying to create something with, 
when he when he sang when he sang the song for Brooklyn at the end, and he said, "I finished it. I found the missing piece." I honestly thought that he was egging her on. Mm-hmm. I thought he was. I thought he was egging her on, trying to get a reaction out of her by saying Stephanie was the missing piece because mm-hmm. it so obviously didn't fit. But I, but I also, and then I, I even wrote in my notes, is he trying to pull something from her? And then I said, nope, no, he's, yeah. he's honestly doing that to her. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I loved I loved the relationship of Wes and his brother, Matt, um, yeah. Yeah, of Devin and Matt. That's what I meant. I loved the dynamic. I loved the playfulness. I love that he, uh, I love that on the double date, he was looking at Brooklyn more than mm-hmm. Stephanie. And that's how he noticed you're doing that lip thing. What is it? What's going on? And that the two of them hit it off. It was a little obvious. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I really loved that mm-hmm. it was so obvious that it wasn't working between Devin and Stephanie. And then, boom, we got the fireworks. We got the stars in the eyes with Matt and Stephanie. Just, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thing I have to say about the brothers is it was the nicest, cleanest looking bachelor pad I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> it, it looked like a Southern living catalog. I was yeah. like, no man lives in that house. Yeah. No one way. little pile yeah. of laundry. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that but he did. True. Remember, he gathered up, he gathered up oh, the laundry yes. saying sorry about that so he had That's one true. little pile of laundry but obviously <laughs> that was a huge mess <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I mean I, I agree with most of what you're saying but I, I think the answer to you have these two people that are really different uh that you at least the beginning evidently she felt that she felt they were going to be a good match and I think the answer, instead of lying, having them pretend to be somebody different than who they are, the answer is to, I guess, make those differences sort of attractive and interesting. That would have been the way to go as opposed to, well, don't be yourself and pretend to be somebody else uh, is, is, would be is weird advice uh but i did like the cyrano parts i agree with you mm-hmm. the uh the i i liked the whole scene in the in the closet where she's uh where she's helping uh uh her with the uh questionnaire filling out uh, the, yeah. the questionnaire that was pretty funny i think worked well and then yeah on the date when she's feeding her the uh uh the what to say and he does say that i think that was actually uh, that was actually quite well done uh, by the actors, but also I I think that I would encourage Jessica to keep writing. I think yeah, that absolutely. There, was, there were some strong sections, and so I I I think I was good. I also I actually enjoyed the music, which I wasn't necessarily expecting to, because sometimes the original music in Hallmark is not my favorite, uh, and. Uh, this i actually liked the song they were they recorded i think you can get i think it's called paradise or something like that on you can get it on itunes it was a pretty good song i i like 
I, I liked it way more than I expected all the music. There was that one scene when he was when he was singing in the cafe and there was a woman at the bar reading a book. And I put down in my notes, who can concentrate when a handsome man is singing that yeah. well? Yeah. You know, cause she didn't look up at him once. It was just like, <laughs> no, 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 I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> when, when a guy as good looking as Wes Brown is crooning <laughs> like that. No, no, there's no oh, way man. nobody is. There's no way that nobody's looking up. <laughs> Wes Brown has got the romantic, like wistful gaze down. He just knows how to deliver one of those, like, you're the only woman in the world looks. And it was, it was very, yeah. very wonderful. I'm so glad I got to see that. Yeah. Rachel's an expert can. on those looks, aren't you, Rachel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the smolder down. Yes. He's got the smolder. Yes, he does. We talk about smolders a lot here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I also agree with you, Elise, about her wardrobe, the costume. I know it seems like a nitpick, but it really, I mean, first of all, that periwinkle blue did nothing for her. She's a beautiful woman and it just washed her out. And, and I just thought that all of her clothes clothes were they they were so unflattering and they were so they made her look like they were she was like 90 years old they were just such odd choices to me and obviously fashion is very subjective but i i just thought not only was it very not folly the clothes that she was mm -hmm. wearing but i just thought they were just weird choices so i agree with you elise about that yeah, for me, it was just, it, they didn't seem to make sense um, storytelling-wise. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the visual contrast between her and Stephanie was, they looked like they all, all the pieces could have been from the same wardrobe, except for, like, color choices. Like, Stephanie mm -hmm. was usually in darks, and um, Brooklyn was always in, like, you know, kind of bright summer colors. Yeah. Um, and so for me, if you're trying to portray Brooklyn as this kind of like, you know, more down to earth, kind of earthy, like cool girl, whereas Stephanie is more like fussy and like present, like presentable or whatever, um, it didn't storytelling wise make sense to me, especially because like, I know a lot of people who live and work in San Francisco in very high end places and no one dresses like that. Like yeah. San Francisco is a very like jeans and a sweater kind of place. So it didn't yeah. necessarily make a whole lot of sense to me, um, just like from a storytelling angle. But um, yeah, so I was kind of, especially because she's so beautiful. Like yeah. she's a gorgeous person. So I wanted her to like really rock everything she wore. And I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think it worked. I agree with you 100%. I was, just, I was very, that was odd choices in my opinion. Uh, and cause she's, yeah, and she's very like winter coloring and, and since of like, she needs those bold, strong colors. And I don't know, it was, it, that was weird. Uh, but yeah. And then you have the summer soiree, which I was just like boiling. I was like, what is going on with the summer soiree in a fall harvest movie? Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It's an interesting movie. Uh, out of five crowns, Cammie, what would you give this movie? Oh, gosh. You're making me rate it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, see, I, I don't know about overall because there were parts that I liked and parts that I didn't. And so mm -hmm. I could rate certain parts, but if I had to go all around i'd probably say three 
that's fair. Uh, very good. Uh, Lise, what do you think? I was going to say a 3.2 and definitely encourage Jessica Landis to keep writing. I think she's got like some really strong instincts and really, really great comedy writing in here. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know decimal points were allowed. Dang it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I am going to give it a 2.5. Uh, and, but I agree. Keep writing. Uh, there were, that was, there were some strong s- segments, but, uh, but I have it in, we've watched uh, 65 movies <laughs> from Hallmark so far this year. Well, actually 64, because I, I have in, the, in this ranking, the Mary Bright, which I have, they released on DVD for some bizarre reason. Right. Uh, but anyway, so 64, I have this at 48 in my ranking yeah. for the year. So there we go. All right. Well, let's talk about Love, Fall, and Order. So I have to admit with this movie, uh, it's one of the rare times where I I feel like it was really hard for me to be objective. I, I just have so, I had so much personal investment going into this movie. Because oh, they filmed it near you, right? They filmed it near me. I actually got ah. to meet Aaron Cahill. I've, I've told the story on the podcast probably three or four times about how the uh, Jackson Shaw from the Bubbly Sesh, they, they surprised me with uh, Aaron Cahill showing up at dinner over there. So that was so fun. And I love her. I love Aaron. And uh, and I I do think that Jackson Shaw are just the sweetest and it was so much fun to meet them. And so seeing them in the movie was fun. And I, you know, I, I pride myself on my being able to set aside all the personal stuff, my expectations, my, all that stuff and be able to be objective. But this one was tough for me to, to, I still think I did it, but it was tough. And so I'm going to say that, uh, out uh out front that uh that i was really pulling for this movie and uh it's the plot is when when claire goes home to save her dad's annual fall fest on her family's pumpkin farm sparks plot sparks fly with an old rival the opposing lawyer she now faces in court uh so cammy what was your overall thoughts on this movie well, like you, I had a hard time being objective because number one, one of the producers, McLean Nelson, I've known him my entire life. Uh-huh. Our families, our families grew up together. Our parents were best friends. Aww. We even took family vacations together. So, and then his wife directed it. So, and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> so he produced it. His wife directed it. Um, my sister-in-law had a small part in it and McLean's mother had a cameo in it. And then I also, uh, auditioned for the role that they ended up giving to Jackson Shaw. So, <laughs> so I had a bit of a hard time being objective myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have been a great leaf peeper. Thank you very much. That, that, that is wonderful of you to say. Thank you so much. (laughs) Cause in my, in my uh, audition, I went for bubbly. (laughs) Cause what, that's what they said. They said a bubbly tour guide. My husband said, Oh gosh, you got that one in the bag. (laughs) So 
it was so I was yeah. I was very happy for for Jackson Shaw that they that you know they put in the cameo of them since they were Hallmark's official podcasters. Was I disappointed I didn't get the role? Of course, I haven't been able to act for a while, and so it would have been fun to do it. But there's lots of opportunities out there, and so mm-hmm. I was I was very I was very happy with uh, with what Jackson Shaw did. I thought they were adorable. Mm-hmm. What did you think overall of this one, Elise? I really liked it. Um, I do think the title is a little wordy, mm-hmm. um, but I I really liked it. I was I was worried they were gonna like lean too heavy on like the courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so, what I thought too, but it but wasn't so it really long. wasn't at all, and and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And um, I really love this director, and I'm really excited for her. Um, holiday for heroes movie like that looks mm. really good too so i'll like, tell her you I'll, said so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i especially because um it's audrey shulman the screenwriter it's like her first time out as well like you yeah. got two first time screenwriters on this one so um i i really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun and it it actually gave me like the fall vibes that i was looking for yeah in droves Yes, it was definitely super, super fall. There's a lot of silly parts to this movie, but I I think that's also all those parts are kind of part of the charm of it. And don't be don't be mad at me, Cammy, but I actually have not been a big fan of this director. I really didn't like her Little Women movie, and I didn't like uh, the In the Key of Love that came out earlier this this year than I know oh, right. movies now. Oh, right. She did now. that. I forgot. Yeah, uh, she did. And so I was kind of nervous about that. Uh, but I think this is definitely the best thing that I personally have seen from her. And uh, so that was good. And it does make me more excited about, the, the like you said, the holiday for heroes, which uh, I am looking forward to coming up. Uh, but uh, so, so that was, that was good. And I, I love Erin Cahill. I think she mm. is just the best. She's so warm and likable and sweet. And I, I, that's one of my favorites, I think with Trevor Donovan, he's always solid. And I thought they had really nice chemistry. I liked the overall idea of these sort of dueling lawyers. I feel like that's a dynamic we haven't gotten for a couple of years from Hallmark and I, I I almost always enjoy that dynamic of the sort of the battling lawyers and uh, the I thought that it was fun having a, not just because it was Jackson Shaw uh, as the leaf peepers I I thought that it was just a fun energy to, and and really all of the the side characters and the yes. supporting characters I really enjoyed. I yeah. liked uh, her sister. I liked uh, his family. I liked Gregory Harrison as her dad. Oh, I love Gregory Harrison as the dad. Oh, I even really dug Drew Fuller as her ex a nerd (laughs) oh my gosh you guys look i am always about like the side characters i want all of them to find love yeah i loved the city planner i loved his gold glasses i love the scene where he comes after like doing his city planning out on the farm and he has his sleeves rolled up i'm like there is a movie where you find love sir and i want it i want the movie (laughs) i agree i just adored him yeah, and I've, I've like, never seen him look so nerdy. 
I have never, I mean, we're on nerds right now. First Wes Brown and now Drew. <laughs> yeah. And I've liked Drew Full ever since Army Wives. And so yeah, it was really funny to see him in this, uh, this nerdy role. And, but I, yeah, I agree. I could have seen a whole movie about his, about Ben and his romance. <laughs> they did a spinoff. I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain at all. And so that really worked for me. I I just I really liked little scenes like their uh, donut debate that they have. Mm. That was so cute. <laughs> I really enjoyed I love that. a good trivia contest. Yeah, um, oh, that birthday was wish. amazing. <laughs> birthday wish has the ultimate best yeah. um, trivia scene, but this there, is a very close second, and I did really like it. Yeah, I agree with you about that. One winter weekend was pretty good with Ooh, trivia too. Yeah yeah oh yeah you're right absolutely uh and uh but yeah just that back and forth back and forth was really fun and especially when they bring it back at the end when he mm-hmm. says how how do i feel losing to <laughs> to the girl i had a crush on ever, ever since high school that that whole ending scene That's i thought sweet. works great it was so good the fact that they kept that theme rolling through yeah. the movie. I really liked that. I also really liked that they weren't a couple. They weren't, yeah. a, they weren't a couple that had broken up, that had all of these plans mm-hmm. for marriage after right. high school and college. And then they broke up and had all this horrible baggage full history. I, it was kind of a refreshing, mm-hmm. it was kind of a refreshing new take that they had, that he had a crush on her, but that they had been rivals and that they had known each other, but they hadn't been a couple. Yeah. And that they were competitive off each other. And it's very rare for Hallmark to have uh, two lawyers as your (laughs) (laughs) And the, the, I think what made that, I liked the fact that they were both doing this to help their uh help their family uh, whether it's his aunt or uh her dad and so they were they neither of them was a bad man of business neither of them mm-hmm. that needs to be kind of reformed or whatever they, they and did. she didn't hate coming home that was another mm-hmm. thing i really yeah. liked she didn't, come, she didn't come home grudgingly her dad called she said i'm on the next train it's a very good point. Very, very good point. One thing I will say, though, about, like, the family kind of dynamic is I think um, Aunt Margie uh-huh. did not get enough screen time. Um, mm-hmm. I think fair. she she was missing from, like, the back half of the movie for me. I wish we had seen more of her and understood more of, like, their dynamic and how she was feeling about this whole thing. Um, but other than that, I really did love, like, the family elements of it. Yeah. Well, and also I would have liked to have known more about what happens to with that land when it's mm. not hosting fall fest because mm. i don't understand why they couldn't just host fall fest somewhere else there's nowhere right. there's no other land i mean and if it's so valuable then i would think they'd want some something on that land not that's not just for fall like I yeah i think i think they said they grow the pumpkins there 
Oh, do they grow the pumpkins? Okay. Which I guess, because he was saying like, oh, my, you know, my mom knew that this land was great for pumpkins or whatever. Oh, okay. I think they, that's why she wants part of it to grow her flowers and part of it to grow the pumpkins. But I, maybe that's why they can't move yeah. all fast because all the pumpkins grow there. Maybe. But I agree. It was a little bit, it wasn't as clear as it probably could have yeah. been. We also had Maple the dog, which is adorable. Oh, that was You scary. bring the dog on screen and everyone else forgets everything. <laughs> yeah. That's very right. <laughs> cute. She's uh, such a good girl. But did you guys die laughing when you when they show the they showed the courtroom scenes and there is all kinds of fall decor in the courtroom? <laughs> I just so love so the fall decor in general. In general. Like, Why don't people do this? <laughs> but in a court of law, they're like on the judge's podium or whatever, he's just got like pumpkins and stuff. <laughs> Why can you What's imagine? Wrong with decorating the oh, bench. Crazy. <laughs> it was so funny. I was dying laughing. <laughs> if I were a judge, that's what my courtroom would look like. <laughs> so ridiculous. It made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, only in only in uh if 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 there was an alternative hallmark yeah universe and then there would be pumpkins on the judge's podium that made me laugh really hard i thought that was so funny so you want to know a fun easter egg Ooh, yes yeah okay so my sister-in-law was the pretty asian lawyer who uh who aaron's character approached first to help her out yeah very cool right after going right after uh going to trevor's uh to trevor's character anyway Uh so uh she told me that that cafe in real life it's a uh it's a chocolate shop and they make their own chocolate and a friend of the family a friend of our family her husband knew the owner so they got a tour a while back and it was a very artisan it was a very artisan sort of uh, chocolate shop and they got to do a chocolate tasting there and they even rubbed it between their fingers. And uh, my sister-in-law, Shelly is her name. She said, I, I could not get enough of that chocolate. So, and she even tweeted during the tweet fest. She said, if you ever get a chance to go to this area in Utah, go to that chocolate shop. And then the other fun thing was that right after she says, that's what happens in a small town. And then she says, oh, excuse me. Hey, Brett. Brett is my brother's name. Oh, <laughs> funny. <laughs> my, so, uh, so McLean, the producer, he was, he was on set that day. And he, and he said, shout out, hey, Brett. <laughs> so that's it, was funny. Just, it was just a goofy, fun little, it was just a goofy, fun little Easter egg that no one except us and the family are gonna know that mm-hmm. she's and now calling all out all the husband. listeners of Hallmarkies. And now all yeah. the listeners in the of the Hallmarkies podcast are gonna know that she called out her husband's name, my brother, but that wasn't him. <laughs> you know, it was just benefits of living in a fault in a small town. Oh hi Brett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so how many crowns, Elise, would you give this movie out of five? I'm going to give it a 4.1. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am going to give it a 3.75. I have it at 17 in my ranking. Very good. What about you, Cami? Um, I'm with Elise. I'm going to I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a 4.1. Um, one one thing that it was that didn't quite 
stick with me was that final kiss. It was like, oh, it, it just, it wasn't quite as, I don't want to say involved because that sounds weird, but it just wasn't quite, <laughs> it oh. just wasn't quite as much, I guess, as I wanted. And I'm, I'm a huge sucker for putting a kiss in the middle of the movie. I don't, uh, mm, my friend Sarah too. and I, we call, we call them one kiss wonders. The ones that just kind of yeah. throw in, throw in a kiss in the last five minutes. Not a huge fan of that. I, I just, I so much prefer, I so much prefer when they throw a kiss in, in the middle of the movie. And, uh, but I thought, I thought the chemistry between them was great. I loved their bantering back and forth. That's what they said on the Facebook live that that was probably their favorite part of the movie is mm -hmm. just the bantering back and forth mm -hmm. between the two of them. And I loved, I loved the leaf peepers tour smushing them together yeah. i thought that was yeah, very that was clever cute. That was cute. <laughs> but yeah I'd, I'd probably go with a 4.1 cool great uh so all right well let's talk a little bit about your newest book elise this is so exciting book love spells for the end of the world uh, this is a very creative fun book i enjoyed it i enjoyed reading it and i why don't you tell uh our listeners, tell, us, tell them a little bit about what this book is about. Yeah, so um, it is set in kind of a fantastical version of America where um, there's this village called Leighton um, that is, it doesn't exist for 11 months out of the year, um, at least to mortals, like non-magic people. And then um, during the month of October for Halloween, they open up their gates and let humans come in and it's um, a little town full of like witches and you know um, all these kind of fantastical creatures. Uh, the Headless Horseman lives there now. He fled there after the satanic panic of the 80s. Um, it's like a very fun kind of you know Halloween story and it's about a witch who has to recruit the help of a witch hunter um, who's actually been after her specifically for the last 10 years to um, help her stop the end of the world. So um, it's a really just, I, you know, grew up on movies like Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus, and I wanted a book that made me feel like I was, you know, watching those same movies again, um, but just kind of more for, for grownups. So um, it's not like, it doesn't have like, you know, adult material or anything like okay. that. But um, I did, you know, I wanted to write something that, you know, I could read now and, um, and have those same kind of feels. So yeah, that's the story. Especially Halloween Town, I think is a very great comparison because of the different that sort of alternate dimension in mm -hmm. Halloween Town that exists uh, as the opposed to the the human world uh, that mm -hmm. you have, and and so I think that's that's a really interesting comparison, and and yeah, how did you come up with this whole with with the concept with all of the uh, the the idea of sort of the witch hunter and the this how did how did you in, in the idea of sort of the with this end of the world with the hell mouth uh <laughs> coming in and uh, taking over the portal so there was a lot and how, how did you did you write it out do you map it out before? yeah so the very first kind of kernel of this idea was uh like three years ago um i was diagnosed with uh anxiety and um i I wanted something that would help me kind of um, 
you know, manage my free time and help me kind of get out of my own head. And, and writing was always a great outlet. But once my writing became my profession, I, it, it was something that added to my anxiety rather than lessened it. So I started to knit. And um, as I was knitting, so you're I, the knitter. <laughs> yes. So, so I, while I, while I was knitting, I was kind of imagining, you know, pouring all of my anxiety into these things that I was creating. But then my mind was like, well, what if you give the uh, the person you give the scarf to the anxiety? And that's where this idea comes from in the story. Belle, our heroine, he's a witch. Um, she's not a very good witch, unfortunately. And she um, starts knitting to help with her anxiety. And she accidentally knits it into all these scarves that she sells on Etsy. And it ends up in the hands of an ancient who is like kind of a magical being who takes it as a declaration of war from Earth. And so she tries to destroy all of Earth. And um, Belle has to fight against it. And um, I'm always a big fan, you know, I, I grew up in the Twilight era, so I love kind of impossible romances, you know, human, vampire, witch, witch hunter. So I thought it was kind of a natural way to kind of put these characters together. And, um, you know, I, I always love the idea of something non-magical breaking the magical thing. Um, you know, kind of like the magic was inside us all along, you know, ruby slippers and all that. So, um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of kind of pushing the human and the, the magical together. Uh-huh. I loved your interaction between Eli and Belle. I, I oh. really thought, I really thought the way, the way they um, met up, actually talking for the first time with her in the snare. Oh. <laughs> and, and I, I, I remember saying, because I knew that they were going to fall in love. And so I said, what is their first kiss going to be like? And then I read it and said, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never would have seen that coming. Yeah. <laughs> because I thought, but you're, and then just their whole, I don't know, just their whole dynamic, the way they played off of each other, the way things ended with, uh, with her and the crook of his arm. I thought, you know, I thought that was really, really great. And just the way that they bounced off of each other, both as rivals and then as a couple. I thought, I thought that it was really, really great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really liked how you portrayed the, the, the sort of mags like they literally like have a spark basically when they touch and that, <laughs> that 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 magnetism together was really palpable and i really enjoyed that passing through the magical barrier mm-hmm. well <laughs> sparks really do fly <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i liked that a lot and she would touch his hand and she would literally feel a shock in her body and i that that just added to the romance oh thanks I think that was fun. I have to. I have to ask you, Elise. Does your husband wear glasses? No, he doesn't. Okay, because he doesn't like to, gla- put, he likes to put mine on and make fun of me, but he does not wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> because you made glasses sound very appealing. <laughs> I just. I love a man in glasses. What can I say? Mm-hmm. All of my favorite Hallmark side characters have had glasses. Yeah. I love you won't the tell side your character. Husband. Yes, <laughs> I loved. Um, uh oh what was his name um in in the the one with, oh never mind Ugh. all of them with glasses i love them yeah i will now we, i'm we, curious <laughs> <laughs> oh um it was 
George Wickham in in the Pride and Prejudice one from last year. Oh yeah, he was really he good. He was really good and cute. Jessica Landis. I liked him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, uh, I love a man in glasses. He wasn't anything like Wickham at all, even a little bit. No, but not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> but but he was he was he was a lot of fun. Uh yeah, Christmas we, we should, at Pemberley Manor yeah. is what you're thinking. Yes. We, we should take a second to congratulate you on your wedding. We had, oh, last you. time we had you on the podcast was in June and you got married. So that was so exciting. Wait, I didn't know this. You're a newlywed? Yes. I am. I am. I just got married in July. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank so you. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. I I was curious uh, for for her aunts. Were you mm-hmm. at all inspired by it? Kind of they kind of reminded me of Mrs. Watson and Mrs. Who, and Miss Miss Witch from Wrinkle in Time. Was that at all? Um, a little bit. They were more for me inspired by um, the book and television series Good Omens. Um, oh. I I always love like. I, I love the idea of kind of um, like the worst character you can think of and the best character, like bringing out the kind of um, highlights and shadows of each other. So having, you know, kind of a, a dark elf and a light elf as, you know, ants, I thought was a really fun kind of dynamic to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like raising this, they, they raise Belle together and so she kind of takes on the best qualities of both of them. Like she's very, very fiery, but she's also very compassionate and loving. And um, I loved having both of those. I liked having them to play off of each other. Mm-hmm. Did you have any inspiration for how you ended up portraying Belle? That's her character. No, I mean, she, she, uh, as soon as I wrote the first lines of the book where she confessed, okay, it was me. I'm the one who accidentally ended the world. As soon as I wrote those lines, I kind of knew who she was. And she kind of, I'm never one of those people who's like, the characters write themselves because they don't. It's so much hard work. (laughs) But I think Belle had a very strong voice. And um, I loved kind of letting her lead and Eli always kind of being a little bit terrified and a little bit in awe of her. Um, was really really fun so yeah that's cool it must have been a nice break to to work on this uh, uh, from your uh, other books which are more uh, set in our our uh, our our world and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it must have been kind of nice to to just do something a little bit more uh, just bonkers for lack of a better word <laughs> no absolutely it was a great palate cleanser like it, yeah you know, so much of my work um especially you know when you're working with lifetime and hallmark is you know is this realistic would is this something people are going to be you know relating to and engaging with like and not just like rolling their eyes and being like oh this would never happen in real life and and this book just gave me total permission to be like Nope, the skeleton sings opera and this, the, you know, headless horseman runs a taxi service. Like, it just happens. That's how it works in this world. Don't and, forget um, the so French-speaking, blood-sucking bat. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so it was really fun. I, I, it really did. And it, it was a total reset for me. It was great to go back to my other work and, and really just be like oh no i i do love both ver- i love both things i love mm-hmm. the fantastical and i love you know kind of the grounded realistic romantic stuff yeah 
Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. And uh, where can people find uh, the, the book uh, if they want to uh, check it out? The book uh, Love Spells for the End of the World is uh, available exclusively on Amazon and um, it's free if you have Kindle Unlimited. So um, you can check it out today. Very cool. Well, we will have a link down in the uh, description if people want to check that out. And uh, so this was really fun, even yes. though we only had one real true fall harvest movie, uh, but at least we had your book and, uh, and then uh, we had our fi- fake pretending to be fall harvest movie to talk about. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to to talk about these movies we are excited for the christmas season to be coming up strong uh it's uh, we're gonna have a very busy week next week uh where we are going to be posting i think almost every single day because so it's going to be very very crazy uh including busy, busy. yes including next week we have our next wednesday we have our big epic hallmark preview uh (laughs) we are so excited about it and we we're waiting it's going to be a interesting night for me because we are going to record it on tuesday and then i'm going to be editing it and uh and then getting it up on wednesday Uh, but we wanted to wait till the last possible minute to make it as accurate as humanly possible uh (laughs) because they make so many changes we're going to try our best and it's going to be really really fun and uh, and then yeah don't forget the fact that we're doing this in october right yeah <laughs> before <laughs> so, halloween yeah and we're going to have coverage <laughs> of the good the good witch uh movie with georgia next week uh we're also there'll be that recap uh then we'll we've got interviews we have an interview with Catherine disher coming up which we're so excited about uh there's just a lot of very fun stuff uh planned for uh the podcast and so uh definitely look forward to that and uh so elise where can people follow you on social media and all that fun stuff um, on Twitter and on Instagram, I'm at writer Elise. So that's the word writer and then A-L-Y-S. And then on Facebook, I am Elise Murray author. Great. And Cammie, what about you? On Instagram and Twitter, I am at Cammie Drama Girl. And then on Facebook, I have a Hooked Hardy uh, Facebook page. And that's Hardy with an I-E. And Cami is spelled K-A-M-I, by the way. And then my blog is hookedhardy.com. Great. And we'll have that all in the description section. You can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, and on iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So be sure to check that out. And then you can make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. It really helps us out people find the podcast and uh, if you're listening on and watching on youtube uh, give us a thumbs up subscribe to the channel we really really appreciate that as well and consider becoming a patron we are going to have exclusive content as much as we can throughout the holiday season and also uh, we have giveaways and other fun perks to being a patron so check that out we also have our merch store uh we have a big sale that's starting today over at the merch store so you can get uh the shirts for 13 dollars uh, which is a really 
good price. Uh, we have our exclusive designs from Jessica Miller uh, for the holidays that are so cute and, uh, and much more. Uh, you've got your postable gear. You have, uh, you have all the other uh, fun inspired items. So please check that out. T public slash hallmarkies. And uh, so lots of fun stuff going on. We're really excited about it. And thank you so much ladies for, for coming on and talking about these fall harvest movies uh, with us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye.